hello and welcome to Binge Watch, the podcast where we take a look at the hottest new TV and film releases on streaming television platforms. I'm Hannah Fernando, the editor of Woman and Woman in Home magazine. And I'm Ian McEwan, writer on TV and Satellite Week, TV Times and What's on TV magazines. And today we're looking at the new releases for the week starting Friday the 1st of December. Yes, it's December 2023, Hannah, including Eddie Murphy battling a devious elf in epic Christmas comedy Candy Cane Lane on Prime Video and Esme Creed Miles in The Doll Factory, a Victorian-era tale of art and obsession on Paramount+. Plus. And we'll also be checking out Mayfair Witches on Paramount+, Plus and remembering a classic Michael Jackson album in Thriller 40. But first in, what is in the news? Spartacus! House of Usher. <laughs> yes, it's the Lionsgate Plus 10-part Spartacus spin-off in which Nick Tarabay returns as sinister ex-gladiator Asher, who's been given the gladiator school as a reward for helping to quash the slave rebellion. What else is the news, Hannah? Well, Netflix's eight-part drama, Dead Boy Detectives, which is part of Neil Gaiman's The Sandman universe, will follow the ghosts of two teenagers who crack supernatural crimes with the help of their psychic friend. Ooh. Well, speaking of which, there's quite a lot of creepy stuff, I would say. Creepiness is the theme of this week's podcast, <laughs> which starts on BBC iPlayer. With a new fantasy drama series available as a box set from Friday the 1st of December, it's called Mayfair Witches. And here's a clip. I don't understand anything that's happening to me. This power goes way back in your family. Do all the Mayfairs have gifts? You're just beginning to see the world behind the world. If you open your mind... You can be transformed. So the White Lotus has been a big hit, hasn't it, Hannah? Well, Alexandra Daddario was in that, and she is in this as neurosurgeon Dr. Rowan Fielding, who finds out that she's descended from a long line of witches. Yes, so she's been adopted, and... I don't want to give too much away, but certain things happen that makes her wonder whether she may have some kind of special gifts. Let's put it that way. So we're following her in the present day, but we're also flashing back to New Orleans is where this family of witches come from. We're going back in time to visit them. We see the story of her mum. There's this malevolent entity called Lasher which made me laugh because to me a Lasher is someone who goes on the lash um, he's played by Boardwalk Empire actor Jack Houston and he well, he seems to kind of have eternal life because he's sort of he's haunted the Mayfair witches for generation after generation and I think the idea was that she was adopted in order to kind of break her out from this family in which bad things just kept happening so yeah it's by Anne Rice who of course most famous I guess for interview with the vampire which got its own tv series this year didn't it and we reviewed that hmm, I don't think this is particularly good it's a bit of a pot boiler some of the dialogue is super corny and some of the characterization is pretty broad 
I would say. But it's entertaining enough. I like kind of old New Orleans. The old house uh, looks quite good. And I, and I quite like a bit of sort of witchcrafty stuff. Harry Hamlin. Remember him from L.A. Law? He's got a great role in this as Mayfair Patriarch Cortland Mayfair. He's, he's quite a fun character. And you've got Beth Grant as Rowan's uh, controlling aunt, Carlotta. So, yeah, she's going to reconnect with this family and her history and yeah it's going to be a battle between good and evil yada 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 you get the gist um what did you think of this hannah well i was quite underwhelmed to be honest with you because i i thought i'd like it um i like this sort of i know i don't like the sort of paranormal kind of stuff often or supernatural i should say but with this i just thought it would be quite interesting and i just don't i just think it's a bit bland i think it you know like you said it's all ducks and dives a bit and I just feel like it's it doesn't really go anywhere. You know, she's got these superpowers but because she's a witch, but does that make her bad? Does it make her good? I just for me it just didn't go anywhere and I and I and I wished it had I thought it would. And actually when you read everything around this, um, it feels like it should be or it's, it feels like it was quite well thought out, but just hasn't been well executed. It's probably the way I would say it, which is a shame because I thought it would be quite interesting. It's a bit grim in places um yeah not i don't think it does anything new well because we're in december hannah we're getting christmassy this <laughs> week for the first time with a new comedy film on prime video it's called candy cane lane and here's a clip merry christmas oh, hey what's christmas without a little terror check that list twice what was your christmas wish I just want it to be the best Christmas ever. Oh, ignore all the fine print. Honestly, it's like you're signing your life away. Who would be watching Christmas films already? Not me. Ha ha ha. Oh, I love a Christmas film. It just makes you feel all warm and fluffy. And do you know what? I keep thinking this every year. We kind of, in fact, you did 12 films of Christmas uh, in, in Woman magazine. And... They're all the best, brilliant ones that are out there. But increasingly, what are the new ones? What's coming? Well, you'll wait no longer. Because Candy Cane Lane is, I think, really pretty good. It's exactly what you want, I think, from a Christmas movie. And Eddie Murphy... Um, is in the hot seat. He is the um, he's the main star in this. He plays the father of three, Chris Carver, and he's totally like me, obsessed with Christmas. Although he is the lengths he goes to for Christmas, let's be clear, I don't go to. Um, he's so obsessed with Christmas that he's named his children Holly, Joy, and Nick. He drives his wife absolutely mad. You know, the minute he can put up Christmas decorations, he will. And he brings this sort of comedic element and comedic timing that you'd expect, you know, because he, he is, he's great, Eddie Murphy. He's, 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 he's really funny in this. Um, but also it's that sort of hapless side of a, a Christmas movie that's a bit cheesy that he also brings, I think, that works really well. He loses his job. He's got lots of time on his hands. It makes me laugh because he's lost his job. You know, first of all, all of us would think, oh, my gosh, I need to get a new job because, you know, I've got Christmas to pay for and, you know, mortgages. And no. He's more. He's thinking is how can I get involved? I'm going to uh, enter Christmas competitions. And he looks around and in this lovely neighbourhood. I mean, the house has a pool. Need I say no more? It's quite a large um, property in a nice neighbourhood. And um, 
he realizes that his lights aren't quite as good. And he runs into this mischievous elf because you need an elf in every Christmas film. Yes, you do. Um, oh, no, you don't. Oh, I need to stop this. Sorry, I'm getting into this. I'm getting into this just too much. Um, and he meets this Christmas elf and he makes one Christmas wish. And as his family say to him, you didn't wish for world peace or you know anything sort of important. No, he just wishes for the best Christmas. But the best Christmas comes true but it causes utter chaos so um the whole thing is ab it, it, it's, it just gets mad the 12 days of christmas are brought to life and anyone knows the song will know that the animals involved in that they're all alive uh they're in the neighborhood and it causes so much trouble and he then has to try and break the spell so this is just real good old christmas silliness um no real depth to it a bit of fun one to watch with the family and a bit of a laugh i'm giving it a big thumbs up yes good good family fair isn't it definitely i was so pleased to see eddie murphy back because he had a bit of a hiatus didn't he for a while i know that he did a sequel to coming to america and a rom-com called you people i didn't see either of those but what he, he looks great, by the way, he's 62. He, he hasn't really changed much at all, I don't think, since his heyday. And it just made me nostalgic for those brilliant grown-up movies that he did, like Trading Places, which you could say is a Christmas movie, in a way. And, of course, the Beverly Hills Cop, um, the Clumps, all those sort of things. He's such a brilliant comic actor and i mean this is a piece of cake for him really it's pretty straightforward but i kind of was longing for him to kind of cut loose a bit but it's not that kind of movie initially i thought oh it's another boring film about competitive neighbors in america decorating <laughs> their houses but it's got this clever supernatural element as you say where he finds this elf and he he kind of he he makes a sort of faustian pact which means that all of the people and animals in the 12 Days of Christmas song starts to kind of Jumanji style sort of terrorize him. And he, yeah, he's, he's kind of like ends up being a bit of a quest. But it's good stuff. The family are really sweet. The family dynamics are nice. It's got some lovely gentle comedy in it. And yeah, it's just, um, I mean, they do release these Christmas films early, don't they? But yeah, I think it's a, a, a perfect family comedy for the festive season. Never too early, Ian. Never, Never. too early. <laughs> Over on Paramount Plus, arriving on Friday the 1st of December, um, as did Candy Cane Lane, we have a new drama series called The Doll Factory. And here's a clip. You're watching me. Observing. If you're an artist, you should know it's a vital skill. You can call me Iris. This place, this place is... It's just the shop. I've never seen anything like it. Louis Frost, you should be wary of him. Is there anything creepier than old-fashioned porcelain dolls, Hannah? Well, not much. And I thought this would be all about kind of creepy haunted dolls or that sort of thing. But it isn't. Uh, it's based on a novel by Elizabeth McNeil, which clearly I haven't read. And it stars Esme Creed Miles as Iris, um, and she and her twin sister Rose, played by Mirren Mack, who, who is great as well. They work in a doll emporium run by this woman called Mrs. Salter, played by 
Pippa Hayward, who's great. We, she's kind of better known for comedic roles, isn't she? Anyway, what this firm does is it makes um, sort of memorial dolls for parents whose children have died. So that's, you know, quite creepy already. But Iris, what she wants to be is an artist, a proper artist. So so in the middle of the night, she sneaks downstairs and, and tries doing paintings. Rose has been scarred by smallpox. So you, you see when she, she isn't really going like going outside. And when she does, she sort of wears a black veil. It's around the time that the Great Exhibition is, is being put on. Uh, it's set in that time. And of course, that was moved to Crystal Palace, just down the road from me, where it eventually burnt down. Anyway, there's a great character called Silas, who is a taxidermist. He's played by Ina Hardwick, who you may remember from the fantastic true crime story, The Sixth Commandment. Um, So, yeah, we see inside his really creepy shop. He has this young lad who brings him things that he's found in the canal and he stuffs them. So that's all a bit grim. We also have these sort of pre-Raphaelite painters who reminded me slightly of when Blackadder did the Romantic Poets. So they kind of waft about town, drinking and whoring. And one of them, Louis, played by George Webster, he sees Iris uh, and he's kind of obsessed with red hair, as the pre-Raphaelites were. And he wants her to model for him. But um, a lot of people are warning her that, you know, because modelling was considered back then as kind of, you know, one step away from prostitution. So she strikes a deal that she will model, he will teach her to paint. What could possibly go wrong? So I really liked it, uh, I must say. It's been compared to things like The Miniaturist, Perfume, perhaps uh, a classic Dickens adaptation beautifully shot well acted great cast very atmospheric pretty original i would say too so yeah it's a thumbs up from me if you want something a bit a little bit uh a bit creepy pre-christmas very very good period drama what do you think hannah this is much deeper isn't it this is like a really sad story and right from the kind of the job that this family the family business, I suppose, of creating these morning dolls, which I think probably is a thing. I don't know. Excuse my ignorance. I don't actually know. But um, I think that it's it, it's it shows how someone's fortune can change. You know, the, this girl was kind of so beautiful. She got smallpox and she kind of her, her looks were everything to um, the family. She would marry well. And then, of course, they were on the surface ruined I suppose and I think it's just a really troubling sad story with this kind of undercurrent of creepiness um so yeah I thought it I thought it was really well done really good period drama um and really captivating you know you just want to keep watching it don't you it's quite addictive well we're going to stay on Paramount Plus for our final offering which arrives on Saturday the 2nd of December it's a feature-length music documentary called Thriller 40 and here's a clip there are two things in the music business before Thriller and after Thriller Thriller set the standard of what it was to be a megastar Michael had such a clear vision of what he wanted he was determined to change the way he was perceived 
Well, we do like a music documentary, don't we? And uh, this is absolutely brilliant for any Michael Jackson fans. This is one for you. And actually, to be honest with you, as we always say, you don't have to be a fan to watch these because you learn so much. But this is specifically about um, the making of the world's big, biggest selling album, Thriller, uh, which featured Billie Jean and Beat It. And um, it sold an estimated 70 million copies since it's released more than 40 years ago which is absolutely incredible now in this documentary it is exactly what it says on the tin except I, I can never believe that there's footage that we haven't seen you, you sort of imagine you've seen everything particularly this many years on but no actually not um there has there is never before seen footage um there's loads of interviews so you get a real authentic insight into um what was going on at that time uh, about Michael. I mean, the album's musicians are interviewed, backing singers, people that worked really closely with him. Um, and it, you sort of feel like you get to know, because he's a bit of a unknown quantity, Michael Jackson, in many ways, isn't he? We sort of feel like we know him, but he was just such a, there was such a sort of sad soul as well there. And I just think, and that terribly untimely um, ending was just, it was just so sad. And I, and I think that, you learn more about him and more about who who he was and uh, with this. And so, as I say, lots of unseen footage, um, lots of interviews, which makes it feel incredibly credible and authentic. Um, and it also um, features John Landis, who directed the, the Thriller video, um, which, of course, really was absolutely incredible. It was a really defining um, moment, I think. And... Uh, it's incredible that you speak to whatever generation you speak to um, will know Michael Jackson, will be able to do the Michael, well, not be able to, but we'll try and do the Michael Jackson dance. Um, and that lives on. So, yeah, really, really enjoyed this one. How about you? I did enjoy it. I must admit, initially, I, I felt a bit uneasy about watching a rockumentary about Jackson because of all the sex scandal allegations, et cetera, et cetera. But it is fascinating, and it's a real deep dive, not just into that album, though it does go into it track by track in quite a lot of detail, but into sort of the beginning of his transformation, um, because when you see him quite early, he's recording The Girl Is Mine with Macca, Paul McCartney, in the studio, and he's kind of an adolescent. He's, his skin has broken out. He feels very self-conscious about the way he looks. He's kind of wearing turtleneck sweaters and, and shirt and tie, but he's going to transform. And so, so, so those iconic videos for Beat It and, and Billie Jean and Thriller feature quite heavily. And, of course, at the time, MTV weren't showing videos of black artists. They just weren't. And and Jackson's record company basically said, if you don't show his videos, we're withdrawing all our white artists. So they kind of forced them to do it. That was quite interesting. Also, they play the demos that Jackson created in his home studio of these famous songs. And they're incredibly good. They're already, I mean, they're not a finished product, but they, they really sound like what the tracks ended up. So you've got backing singers, the Eddie Van Halen uh, guitar solo on Beat It, all sorts of really good stuff. So yeah, if you if you if you like your documentary, I mean, yeah, it was. It, I remember. I do literally remember where I was because it was that big build-up to when Thriller was going to be shown on telly, wasn't there? And um, 
yeah, it, it is an iconic album and it's a fascinating story. We've got to that time, Hannah, where we find out what you've been binging on this week. I, uh, I introduced my children to the holiday, which I felt was a necessity. Um, I watched the holiday this yeah, well. I've started watched about to, the first ten Christmas minutes. Decks and I had it on. I was like to the kids, "You need to watch this. You just have to." Um, and of course, Strictly, which I'm going to say every single week, but um, I'm, I'm definitely still watching that. I tried to get rid of my Christmas Grinch because I, I often bang on about how I think Doctor Who. Why does it get all this attention? You know, it's 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 ridiculous. So I thought, come on, Ian, it's it's the sixtieth anniversary of Doctor Who. They've done this special episode that was shown on Saturday night with David Tennant and Catherine Tate and I thought why don't, why don't you watch that and see what the fuss is all about so I did and uh, it wasn't very good and yes Strictly of course this continues <laughs> to delight me now we've just got time to look ahead to next week's offering so what are we going to be talking about Hannah? Well we'll be talking about Jasmine Jobson who plays the spirit of a dead woman investigating how she died at a railway station in the new drama Platform 7 on ITVX. And will a budding romance hit the buffers in the new sky comedy Smothered? Well we'll find out so we look forward to those and much much more but in the meantime Thank you.